At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hello, kids. This is Risk, the show where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I'm Kevin Allison, and every Thursday we release these special episodes that we're calling Classic Risk Singles. Each of these episodes features just one story from our earlier years. If you're new to Risk, you should know that the podcast can be very uncensored. This week, a story by Blaine Neese, who first shared this one on the podcast in February of 2011. This is a very emotional story. Here is Blaine Neese now with a story we call Life After. I do multimedia comedy and I, I can say that I've never really been myself on stage I'm more like character driven I started doing alternative comedy I guess you'd call it and uh, sneaking off and not telling the family I would just do it late at night in Philadelphia at open mic nights and um, then run off stage and leave I entered into a contest the Andy Kaufman Award that was the only time that my sister had seen me perform we are polar opposites physically and uh, just emotionally and just entirely different people. She's blonde with uh, brown eyes and she's loud and boisterous and just fun. She was into sports. I would read. She didn't. Um, she would uh, like the terrible music and I, of course, loved great music. And uh, that's just the way it is, I, I suppose. She had uh, sort of drifted into a drug scene. I don't really know what was going on. I do know there were problems. The only one we knew conclusively was uh, cocaine. She moved back home, and then there were phone calls, and there was just, uh, there was something plaguing her. And then the next thing I know, that she's in jail for a year. And uh, I, I had not known that my parents were going to visit her in upstate Pennsylvania in correctional 
facility. By the way, she was a substitute teacher. <laughs> I always thought that was interesting. Um, and she had to have real problems because they call you in the morning at 5 a.m. to let you know if you have a job that day, which was always, uh, when she lived at home, that was just, it would drive everyone nuts because she would just be comatose and there would be like, phone would ring off the hook and ring off the hook and she wouldn't have a job. But um, later, she got cleaned up. She got out of jail and she uh, sort of was getting it back together. I would see her when I came home and she would sort of be with it. There was still a little nagging something. But the great thing was she came and she saw me perform when I won an award. And that was the only time that she had seen me perform live. I got the sense that she didn't really like what I do, but she really respected it and was very proud. So I, I won the award and uh, some time goes by and I'm doing other shows and I get contacted to perform in the Just For Last Festival in Chicago. So I did it the first night, and earlier that day, actually, I had got a phone call from my dad. I didn't check the message till a little bit later. My mom had received a phone call from the job saying that uh, my sister Virginia had not reported for work. And this was odd, so my mom went over to the house and uh, had found her uh, face down in, the, in her own apartment where she lived alone, um, candle still burning. My dad said, uh, well, there's nothing you can do. Your sister is um, on life support. You're, you're in Chicago. You're not a doctor. There's nothing you can do. So just do your performance. And then he gave me a call less than, seems like 10 minutes later. And he just said, yeah, she's gone. And I was just standing there and that was it. Then I realized I have the second of my two performances later that night. And I didn't know what to do. Do I just try to take an early flight? I checked. There were none. My next flight was in the 6 in the morning the next day anyway. So I thought, let me just participate in the largest amount of irony on record and uh, just perform on the saddest day of my life. And so I don't remember a thing. I got to the theater people said how are you doing and I couldn't even say I'm fine I just gave my um, not so good I don't really want to talk about it I just wanted to clear up that um, her death was non-drug related her body was compromised by the drug use years of drug use and so she was 38 and it was heart failure We had an experience when I was a kid. Uh, I was five years old, I think. We were woken up in the middle of the night, and uh, next thing I know, we're in the back of a car. And my mom sort of just leaned back and told us, she's like, we're, we're going home. Uh, your grandfather has died. And uh, my sister just started crying and crying and crying. And I remember sitting there thinking, why am I not crying? You know, why am I not feeling sad? And that was another thing that I was jealous of her because she could just be emotional, just pure emotion all the time. We were so different that I was kind of embarrassed of her sometimes. She would just say whatever she thought, which when someone is with you and they're alive, is really embarrassing. But when they're not, it's very endearing. And we didn't talk much towards the end, but I really wish we had. 
So the last um, the last thing she had posted on Facebook was a ridiculously phrased paragraph in like text talk, which was just so embarrassing. But it's just like my brother, performer, Chicago. It was just describing. It just said go, and uh, that was the last uh, contact that I had with her. And then, uh, not too long after that, I got a copy of the original performance that she showed up at. It's a recording of my performance, but I I only watch her. She's in the front, in in the right corner. And I can hear her laugh, which is like a ridiculous sound. And I can distinctly pick her voice out of the crowd when they announced that I won and uh, I I just made I, I burned like 10 copies of it just to have it you know the winner is everybody so I have a few good memories and uh, it's all sort of captured it's preserved the last few times we had had an interaction, which was getting better. She was better. I was on my way. And we had, uh, we didn't really have a huge connection earlier on in life, but uh, I guess if there's a tragic point, it's that uh, we were about to, about to have an adult relationship. So. I have to fill in the gaps where she was. Because there's a void. Yeah, that's where I stand now. Just trying to rectify all that's happened and be a better person because of it. And uh, still, to this day, very embarrassed of her. Uh, because I'll meet her friends and they will tell me stories of when I was not there and I could just and I'm just amazed at who she was and how she could just be a, a person a genuine person all the time in front of people because I'm so quiet I'm so um, reserved I'm just gonna go ahead and sort of be myself more it's like I didn't trust who I was before but now there's no point and not, you can be yourself. We've all had these experiences. It's just, it's it's just a real thing. It connects me to people now where I didn't feel that before. That is all for this week's Classic Risk Singles episode. Now, don't miss out on our regular full-length episodes. There's a brand new one every Tuesday. And everything you might want to know about us is at risk-show.com.